Hey friends, it's Jana and Ashley. Welcome back to season two of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, welcome back to the Weekly Bugle. WandaVision has officially debuted and we cannot wait to talk about it with you. Although episode three is where it gets really juicy, the first two had plenty packed in to rope fans in. We have some other topics too, but let's be real, we are most hyped for WandaVision. Obviously. (laughs) Um, So this is your spoiler warning. Yeah, got to put that spoiler warning in there. To be clear, episode three is not out yet. We have... We had screeners for them. They're gone. (laughs) But we've seen episode three. So you don't need to rush off to Disney Plus and be like, oh my gosh, I missed it. No, it's coming this Friday, January 22nd. And trust us when we say, if you thought episode two was like, oh, yes, so much is happening. Just wait. Just wait. Episode three really kicks it up into high gear. And it's not the halfway point. But it's close to the, the halfway point of the series based on number of episodes. So it's it's going to be good. Oh, I can't uh, wait to see it again. <laughs> mind is going to be blown. And then you're going to be like, oh, my God, give me four. You're going to be like. Immediately. Yes. Oh, my God. It's like I'm addicted. I am obsessed yes. with WandaVision. I <laughs> just can't stop watching them looking for eggs, which is seemingly the most ridiculous thing ever. Because I don't think I've ever watched this many single episodes of a show in my life, like honestly, in my entire life, I've never watched this many repeats of an episode ever. I have now watched episode one and two nine times, and I have watched <laughs> number three four because I just, I just want to keep watching it and pick out every single little yeah. Or I go back and I'm like intensely studying Wanda's expression during certain yes. like certain scenes. Right. She angry is she inquisitive and like watching when the expression changes. Mm-hmm. It's I'm I'm obsessed. A little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> also, I like to watch after a couple of viewings with closed captioning because grammar matters, punctuation matters, as we know from Hamilton. It does. You know? It does. Commas, commas placed in certain spots change the meaning of the sentence. I mean, Angelica so. for sure asks that question based on yeah so but let's get into episodes one and two Mm -hmm. overall loved them loved them i i wrote in my review and we're gonna link so we have so many articles guys so we're gonna link to them in our uh show notes for this but we've got your easter eggs we've got your breakdowns we've got memes we have quotes we've got we got it all Mm -hmm. so we got you covered just check it out. But I mean, I loved how contrasting the sitcom moments are from when like things are wrong and things get quote unquote real. Like it's, it adds the gravity, I think, of the scene because it switches such a 180 from like, oh, you know, pleasant 1950s, la 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 la. And then it's like, bam, somebody's dying, you know? And she needs to stop it. Like, so for me, I I absolutely, I 100% agree, Ashley. I also found that like, when we've seen either of these actors before, so obviously if if you're listening to this, you probably know that it's Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. I don't think either of them, I shouldn't say they've not done work before, because that's clearly not the case. Paul has a, you know, pretty vast acting portfolio. 
Elizabeth Olsen hadn't done a ton before she got cast as Scarlet Witch. And I will say that when I saw her in Age of Ultron, I was I was skeptical. I was kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, like she's she'll be fine. We interviewed her and I was like, okay, I like her a little bit more. She seems to have a level head on her shoulders. I think we all know that her sisters were the twins on Full House. So, you know, she comes from a family of acting and, you know, that's sort of like, not that this happens all the time in Hollywood, but a lot of times people get jobs based on their name or who their siblings or parents are. Like, that's just a thing. And so, you know, like she was great in Age of Ultron. I think she got much better and a like just more versatility and more depth as she went on. She's been in some other things, but this is really the first time either of them has been in anything that's a TV series type thing. I had read in an interview, Elizabeth Olsen was saying they had gone to like a sitcom boot camp, which I think is kind of hysterical, but actually wildly <laughs> important to this because yeah, for sure. Because one, neither of them has done any TV acting, but also sitcoms is very different than than movies. Um, obviously, TV is different than movies. The, the filming is different. The style, the cadence and rhythm, all of that is, it's a 180 from what they're doing in film. You know, I mean, stage acting is different. Like, sure, it's quote unquote acting, but it's all very just different. And so to see them kind of take their film experience and do a 180 and not just a 180 in terms of like, we're doing TV camera work versus film camera work. They also go into this whole, like we're starting with 50 style sitcom, which is very like silly, goofy, not a ton of script, one liners, not very deep, you know, black and white, minimal camera angles, you know, very small area that they're shooting from, you know, and they work their way up into di different eras of TV, which you'll see. But like you said, Ashley, like they go from this kind of like, light, goofy, I love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke kind of feel of like, da, 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 newlyweds kind of thing to these darker, deeper, tormented moments of who's controlling you and, oh my goodness, Vision, help him, he's dying and these things. And they go very, they go from light and ha, ha, ha to super dark very quickly. And for them to be able to have that mm -hmm. ability, they're just incredible actors. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And speaking of that moment in episode one with Mr. Hart, we kind of talked about this on Marvel Mondays, but we want to, you know, put it out there to you all as well. Like, who do you think, why do you think he started choking? Because my first reaction was Wanda was annoyed by his line of questioning because she couldn't answer the questions and it was her. But then as I watched it again and I noticed her face looked very confused, it was almost, it was like, in that moment, she also realized that she's not the one 100% in control of the situation. And Mrs. Hart was definitely looking at her going, stop it, stop it, over and over again until she was like, Vision, help him. You know, like she snapped out of it. And she was like, oh my gosh, Vision, like do something. But we, I would love to know what other people think about that. Scene. So in, I will say along the same lines, I... I kind of thought she was um, responsible for it initially, even still in my very first time walking or watching it, you know, going through the scene. I thought she was initially responsible for him, like so sort of making him. Now, I will say I didn't think she was going to force him to choke and die. I thought it was like a, 
oh, I'm making you just cough a little on your food to kind of distract you from asking me this question. I didn't think she was going to go, oh, I'm full on murdering you right now. Um, Because that seemed a little (laughs) intense for the whole whatever. And then it went so much further. And then she had that look of confusion. And I was like, maybe it wasn't her. Or like she started it, but then something else took over, whether it was crazy Wanda powers that she's not able to control. Because we all know that Scarlet Witch is often not able to control her powers, right? Like she gets a little feisty and all of a sudden, you know, the world implodes. Um, I think we can name several movies that we've seen this happen in. And so that's kind of when I thought, you know, she just like, she was thinking about that and then realized that Mrs. Hart was talking to her and saying, you know, help him, help him. And then she was like, oh my God, Viz, like do something, help him, like save him. And, you know, whatever. So he uses his powers, he saves him, blah, 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 everybody's fun. And then they all just kind of like, oh, whatever, we're going home, great. At which point I thought that was Wanda kind of like altering the reality. So like they didn't really remember what happened and then right. went about their day. But as I watched it on one of my other 47,000 times watching it, I kind of, looking at her expression, I'm not convinced that she actually was the one that made him choke even though I think Mrs. Hart may have thought it was her, but I think mm-hmm. Mrs. Hart was aware that somebody or something was forcing that to happen. And she was thinking whether she thought it was Wanda doing it or another power. She really did think that somebody or something was doing it. And is that because right. she knows that there are forces inside this bubble, we'll call it, you know, very Truman Show-esque, <laughs> yes. that can do these types of things? Or did she, does she think that it was Wanda? That I don't know. But it wasn't until after watching it a few times and really kind of staring at her expression that I mm-hmm. was like, okay, I think this was not Wanda doing this on her own volition. Right. And I think that's further referenced in episode two. When Dottie kind of falls out of the sitcom like, I mean, she's a mean girl for sure, but she falls out of that character and into her saying, I don't trust you. And she, it's again, it's that line of questioning where it's no longer, uh, the character in question is no longer accepting of the fake reality and they're starting to question it and she gets injured the glass breaks in her hand and she's cut and the blood is red and it's in color. I think, and Wanda looks shocked when it happened. So I think all of it really points to something else, someone else, a certain devil in the details who can also alter reality. And it's like, as soon as a character gets close to pointing something out, it's like they get injured to stop it. You know, almost like a warning, like you're not to talk about this. Yes. And if you do it, just know that I can get to you easily if you decide to, like, tell her anything or clue her into anything. It's just very, it's very ominous. You know what I mean? It is. And that's one of those moments, too, where it's like they go from, and and again, like, speaking to just kind of their depth, like, it goes from this kind of, like, lighter whatever or not as dark, but just kind of, like, conversational to, like you know, dropping a bomb on whatever. And all of a sudden they're in this, you know, more dire situation. And then they just bounce right back. Like nothing ever happened. Oh, do you know how to get blood blood out of white linen? linen? Oh, 
you do it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, girl, you need 14 stitches in the palm of your hand right now. I was like, right. I was like, I'm right. not sure what just happened. I mean, I, I have an idea, but like, really? I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But sure, yes. that reference was absolutely, it seemed like more than just a random, oh, we've heard things about you. That was very, it seemed very specific to like an incident. It, it was definitely very specific. And so that's my theory that uh, Mephesto <laughs> is in the details. So earlier before Dottie's hand gets sliced open. Percent. First of all, if you don't know the comics, Wanda's children were originally born with pieces of Mephesto's soul. And when he comes to reclaim them and he reabsorbs his soul pieces, it kills her children. And essentially it sets off House of M, which has been alluded to in this series from the wine bottle in episode one to just conversation that has happened and interviews and stuff that her slowly descending into madness is a possibility. So, and, and, and to go along with that, and it wasn't even just an episode one. I mean, it was in a trailer from like the beginning, right? It's not, it's yeah. not like we're just all of a sudden assuming that's like, this has been conversation and or a theory from like, way back like this is For not sure. new, this isn't new news this is right this is like old hat at this point we, and we know that there's two babies also from mm-hmm. trailers way back so it, it, this isn't yes. like far-fetched theory this is pretty this is a pretty solid theory <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was interesting because at the i call it the hoa meeting because that's what it reminded me of the community <laughs> meeting totally of women not- where Dottie is telling them you know getting on the girl about not having the chairs and stuff like that. She goes, the devil's in the details. And Agnes leans over and says, that's not the only place he is. And I immediately was like, oh, it's Mephesto. Because again, he's very important to her storyline. When it comes to her children, when it comes to her going mad, he literally is a key component, like the key component to it. And two, Agnes is most likely 100% Agatha Harkness from the comics. And Agatha knows about Mephesto. And Agnes... It sure does. If you watch Agnes, in even in the trailers, she knows more than everybody else. But she's very qu- careful not to say anything to lead you to it. But she, you know, like watching the talent show in episode two... She was the least surprised. And her surprises always seem delayed. Like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be surprised. Uh, oh, oh, ha, ha. You know, she was very offbeat. And Which, if she knows. is something that Catherine Hahn is just incredibly good at. Oh, she's brilliant. She might be my favorite character. She steals every scene that she's in. I love her. But, you know, if she's aware that Mephesto is also hanging around, she's also very smart to know that he's very dangerous and that if he's the one, like, reminding all these other characters, hey, don't tell her what's going on, or I'm going to take you out. I'm just saying. Or he's going to take saying. you out. I also, I also think Ralph is Mephesto. I, I just, think it's a good possibility because we obviously, we haven't seen him yet. There's nope. very little mention of him. But she just makes random references to him. She does. She really does. And it feels like every time it 
she makes those references, there's something else that alludes to it. Right. It's not like, just a random reference. Right. And we haven't seen him. He's and it's and it's funny that we haven't seen him, right? Because in that town, you know, they're always like, Oh, what's a young, you know, single girl like you, gal look you in this big old house? It's like very, very old fashioned in that like the women have to be married. So we've seen the other women's husbands. But where is Ralph? Well, why haven't we seen Ralph? They went out to like the, you know, fundraiser for the children. You know, everybody's there with their partner. Except for her. I mean, I guess we'll call them husband and wife because it's the 1950s and there were no quote unquote partners back then, right? Right. Yeah. And she's there alone. And you're kind of like, huh, well, that's interesting. Exactly. I just, I just, I think that's what we're going to find out. And again, so Mephesto was also referenced in the Loki trailer. You know, there was the devil oh, in the yeah, stained glass, glass window. window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very specific. You know, it's one of those very specific artworks. Like, oh, okay. And the devil's in the details. Just saying. And as has- you know, with Marvel, nothing is ever a coincidence. Everything's connected, right? It's all connected. Oh, for sure. For sure. And speaking of connection, those commercials... Like, I love them. They're hilarious because they're super retro. And on the very surface level, they call back to previous Mm -hmm. MCU films and characters. But there's layers. There's layers to them. I'm telling you. They're like onions. (laughs) They're like onions. Yes, there's definite layers. And I don't even think we know we're going to know all the layers until we get to the end. But No, not at all. I really think they each tie into moments of her life. And possibly in her breakdown, like the stages, like the, so the things that lead her to like the buildup of her breakdown, you mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Which all focus on these past like traumas that she's been carrying around. So the toaster is made by Stark Industries. The bomb that almost killed her and her brother was a Stark Industries bomb. And the, toaster itself did you like did you feel weird about how long it took to make the toast like the beeping <laughs> yes like the first time I watched it I was like oh haha the second time I was like mm, that's a little weird it's taking it too weird. long and it was like the beeping sped up almost like a bomb does in every like movie you've ever seen right right at the end when it yep. gets close to detonation and then the second commercial was for the watch the strucker with the hydra Logo exactly, and, mm-hmm. and who experimented on her and her brother Strucker as yep. part of Hydra? So, and then I can't talk about the third one, but the third one also I got. Oh, I know. I got next, so next, about. Next week. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that one after we uh, hit stop on this recording. <laughs> but I'm saying I think there's just multiple layers, and I think that's not even everything. I think once we have all of them, we can go back and see more from the first one. I'm just saying that's my, my that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. No, I think it's a I think it's a great theory, and for sure, everything you know, like you said, everything that they've done so far for you know the three that we've seen, the two that you know the general public have seen, those commercials do have some kind of a tie in to her life and 
and something that was negative in her life. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's, if it somehow plays into that breakdown. Exactly. I can't wait. So, I mean, I guess we should move on to, I mean, there was other Marvel news this week. (laughs) It wasn't just WandaVision. I mean, was there? (laughs) There was, there was. Like Ethan, okay. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be like, oh yeah, there was. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> that Ethan Hawke joined the MCU and he's been cast as the villain in Moon Knight. Right. And that was that was that one. Was, that was one. That was a yeah. couple days ago. I feel it was, like it was. And I think like the bigger rumor is that Matt Damon was seen in Sydney where they're filming Thor: Love and Thunder. Previously, Matt has been in MCU because he played Loki. In Thor Ragnarok during the tragedy of the Loki of, the Loki of Asgard. Asgard. Yes. And so the people love it. <laughs> the question is, you know, what is he filming, right? And so, uh, or what, right. is he, what is he doing? We know what he's filming. Sorry. But I shouldn't say we know what he's filming. That's, we're, we're guessing. That's Reportedly, what that's what he's filming. You know, so. so the question is, what is he doing? Is he reprising that role, doing something else? Who knows? Right. But. I don't know. I mean, when it comes to Moon Knight, I'd have to like brush up on my my history of him. So I don't really have any theories on who he's playing at the moment. But I mean, I'm here for it. And I think it's funny because we're like, oh, there was other Marvel news. But like after not having any Marvel news, now I'm like, okay, just give me all the Marvel news. It's okay. <laughs> just give me all the stuff. The tragedy of the Loki of Asgard. Just Which is it. super funny. I'd actually be kind of pleased to see a like rendition of that. Wouldn't it be nice if they like release like the whole play? Like that'd be so fun. That would be and super so, fun. And so perfect. Uh, and then <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but there is a teaser. Not even it wasn't a teaser trailer. It was more like an ad for the I don't even know how to put it. A promo. For the movie that had nothing to do with the movie, really, but Space Jam had a commercial. I don't know if you saw it. I don't think I did see that, no. (laughs) I was watching it going, okay, so this is still happening. And it's it was like about Xbox. They're doing some promotional thing with Xbox. But I guess in the movie... That's funny. They're going to have to play basketball against like some AI... So instead of aliens this time, it's going to be a artificial intelligence. Oh, so okay then. It was, is yeah, it was, it was yeah. Anyways, moving on. Well, maybe <laughs> let's talk about our favorite, you know, Snyder cut. <laughs> oh God, the DCEU. Come on, I, you know, okay. First of all. The Snyder Cut is now no longer a four-part miniseries. It's going to be released as one giant four-hour-long thing on HBO Max and in theaters also. So, yeah. Uh, Four hours. Hi, I'm back. Okay, had to do dog stuff. All right, nope, you there? No worries. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. All right. I have a dog that does not love the snow, and he will only walk if I take him for whatever reason. <laughs> Diva. 
He's a diva then. Uber diva. What was that, Abby? Oh, yeah, it's because you bully him. She's not wrong. Um, Yeah, so the Snyder Cut, our favorite topic. (laughs) Um, So if you haven't heard, the latest is instead of a four-part miniseries on HBO Max, it's now going to be be released as one giant four-hour-long thing that will be on HBO Max and in theaters. Which I don't really get. So as the miniseries, was it going to be four one-hour miniseries slots? Is that what their plan was? Yeah, it was supposed to be one-hour series focusing on, I would assume, four different characters' storylines that were messed up. But now it's not. They're just going to throw it all together. Which makes it sound to me like they... Okay, and this is just my like interpretation because I don't really know. But that makes it sound to me like they couldn't piece together four good cohesive units to break it up well. And so they're just throwing right. everything in together, which I have, okay. But like yeah, I, I had the same four thought. hour movies in the in the theater. Not that I'm going to the theater to see it because, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know anybody that would want to sit through four hours of a movie. That can't be super different. Like, that's what I'm curious the most about it from DC fans when they see it. Like, how different is it? Or is it just the same thing? And now with all the drama with Ray Fisher, like, him calling out, uh, you know, the president of the company and stuff, and then them cutting him from The Flash... His storyline was one of the ones that was cut in Justice League. Like, what's happening with that? Are they going to even show it now? Or are they going to cut it again? Like, I, I'm i just so... It's such a mess over there, right? Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but it feels like it's a mess. Like, I don't want to be accused of being like, oh, you're just a Marvel, like, sh- shrill or whatever. Like, I fully admit I love Marvel more than DC, but I genuinely... <laughs> Because like, DC can't ever get their act together, right? I like I said, I've said it every single time. I've said it before. I loved Man of Steel. Everything after that, no. I saw Joker. I don't put Joker in the DCEU. I don't even think they consider it a part of the extended universe anyway. Yeah, it was great. disturbingly good. Yeah, um, for real, disturbingly good is a great way to describe it. <laughs> so I'm not like a hater. I just don't understand what is happening over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and their properties on television are great. Like the shows that they do on the CW, like The Arrow and Supergirl and all that kind of stuff. Those are great shows. Right. My husband said the same, that the TV shows are great. They are. They're cohesive. I I really enjoy watching them. Uh, But every time I watch a movie, I just want to stab my eyeballs out. Right. And what? I can't get back. And what kills me is, so yeah, like you pointed out, like, is it because I couldn't put four cohesive stories together? But also, I don't know if you noticed, but now there's a call for the air cut of Suicide Squad. So he was the director of Suicide Squad, the original one. Yeah. And he released a scene that was cut from the film. Like a lot of scenes were cut from the film from what I've read and what I've seen. Uh, So this scene was with a burned up Joker and it looked 
great. It actually looked more along the lines of what the Comic Con trailer showed for Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and not what Suicide Squad turned into. So I'm just over here scratching my head like, what is happening over there? Is this happening with every movie where the director's like, okay, great, I want this vision. And then like, who's in the editing room and why are they doing this? Because to me, seeing the fan, like you don't see Marvel fans doing that, right? Like we're not like yeah. release the Russo brothers cut. No, because like, we know that they did the best job that they could and it came out great. Right. So I'm like, where is the disconnect over there? Because this is the second movie now that people are like, we want the real version. And I'm like, so, Oh my God, like what is going on? And this is where I also think tons of times, like we see trailers that have content that never makes it to the movie screen. We just know that's a thing. Right. They filmed things. They include it in the trailer. You never see some of that. It's so strange to me. Like you said, we've we've seen, we get trailers all the time and like not everything makes it into the final cut or like in the case of Infinity War and Endgame, either they change things about like Hulk being in Wakanda or that was just to throw people off because they wanted to keep things secret. Right. But for the most part, what we saw in trailers happened in some way, shape, or form in the final result. And overall, the tone, the tone and the stylizing of the trailers matched the movies. And I feel like with DC, the first trailers never match the second trailer. And if there's a third one, the third one doesn't match. But if you watch all three, you've seen the whole movie. And then the movie comes out and all the best parts were in the trailers. And... The rest is just kind of like a plot whole mess. You don't release a whole movie for like a two minute scene. That's what you put on the DVD for the bonus material, people. (laughs) Right. Like I said, I'm not here to like poo poo on the DCEU, but like I feel bad for the fans because I know that they want what even if the ones that really hate Marvel, I think they still want what we have and what we have is a cohesive storyline from start to finish phase one to phase four it all fits in even the weirdness of wandavision fits in to phase one of the mcu right and i wish the dceu had that i wish it for the fans that are like super hardcore and just want to see it succeed and i just as a nerd like i would love to have more quality geeky content absolutely and i would love to see henry cavill not screwed over (laughs) yeah my husband said he saw something they were eyeing him for an mcu role and i was like please 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 bring him to the mcu i'd be so i would love for our fans to weigh in too and be like if they are huge gc fans let us know why is it is it because you were like you grew up with Batman or Superman or whatever and you were like oh my god they're just my favorite is it because you hate the MCU for some particular reason because it is like a I love Batman and I you know hate Captain America whatever it is or is it deeper than that and if you mm-hmm. are a huge I just have to go I only watch DC movies or like I'm a huge DC fan let us know because are are we totally off base here with the whole weirdness of like the fans screaming for these director cuts when the MCU doesn't really do that? Like we're just trying to understand why because we like truly don't get it and we'd love to know. So if you have feedback on that, tweet us, like let us know or, you know, comment on the blog page, whatever. For sure. Like I would, I would love to know. Love it. Back to the MCU. <laughs> Episode three of WandaVision will be dropping Friday, 
I can't wait. We can't. We Jana and I cannot wait for you to see it so that we can talk about it. Exactly. I was so excited about it. I almost talked about it today on our uh, Marvel Monday Twitter party by accident, but thankfully Jana was like, "No, no, <laughs> that's episode three. Sit down, Ashley." <laughs> but like I said, I had to go back and watch the tail end of two to confirm that that was in fact in three because I was like, I'm "Pretty yeah, sure, yeah." That happened in a different episode. And that is what happens when you can A, screen things early and B, screen them a lot. Because then you're just like, it all flows together. It's like one big movie. I don't know. It really does. It really does. We'll be back next week with another episode just for you talking about the third episode of WandaVision. But thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe. And join us next week as we share all the WandaVision excitement. And then, you know, maybe there will be more breaking and exciting fandom news. We don't know. As always, if you see anything you want to share with us, tag us on Twitter at Whiskey and Sunshine and that Ashley Aaron. Until next time, geeks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.